Hey, welcome to Seize Backstage. This is your all-access pass to everything you need to know to design, produce, and inspire your next event. I'm your host, Troy Peters, Chief Experience Officer here at Seize Productions to help you navigate this journey. Uh, on today's program, we have Clint Bell, MC, narrator, auction whisperer, to talk about the importance of having the right person leading your event, particularly when your event hinges on fundraising or engaging an audience, and you do this both virtually and in person. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. This place is incredible. Nice. Incredible. Love it. Um, so Zach Grant, also our, our guest today, C's president and CEO, joining us who has worked with Clint. You guys have worked together on some events. Yep. And the idea of having Clint on the program actually came from, from you working with, uh, with an MC that you kept thinking to yourself, this show just needs Clint. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's not the first time. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, what everybody needs in their life is just a little Clint, just a little bit, just a, just a little something. I mean, you can, you can hear it in the voice already. That's right. So, yeah, you just, yeah, please, could you narrate everything in my life? That's why Troy's walking down the street. Like. Good morning, Troy. It's going to be a great day. Look out on the fields and the pastures of Seattle and realize you've got this, buddy. You've got it. <laughs> That's right. When are you going to not, you, we need that option when you can choose the different voices in your, right? your Siri or whatever. I'm it's telling like, you. Where's the Clint one? There's a, there's a whole, there's a Hold on. We'll start talking fast. Make a left turn over here now. Now thirty-five an hour. Man. Should be a lot of fun. So speaking of auctioning, let's start there. Um, was it a childhood dream? I saw you in your bio. You you actually went to school for auctioneering, yeah. right? So yeah. Share a little bit about your story. How'd you get into this? Yeah. So uh, you know, I mean, going back to elementary school, right? And uh, and you have these uh, talent shows. I don't know if they do them anymore in elementary school, but you'd you'd have a talent show and you'd have to audition for the talent show. And unfortunately, I had no talent, so I was always the <laughs> MC at the talent show. You know, I was the guy that walked out on stage and. Was like up next you know here's chris juggling something or other and uh and so you know I, I got into the stage world even in a little bit in high school i was in a performing group in a show choir we were glee before glee was cool uh i don't think we are still cool but anyway uh sure. we uh, got to travel all over the world um doing doing shows uh as a, a performing group and a performing choir and and then i kind of got into college and started the start of issue a little bit of that part of my life. Um, mm -hmm. I also was a water polo player and, and kind of took that on in college a little bit, but was always always at home, always comfortable, always fascinated by the stage and production and just being there. And, and as we got into, you know, looking back on that part of my life, there was a lot of opportunities that we had for fundraisers. There right. was a lot of fundraising that had to be done for the performing arts. There was a lot of fundraising that had to be done for the water polo teams. And so we would be subject to all of these auctions and all of these fundraisers. And I'm, I mean, I remember auctioneers who would show up at events that were pretty sizable and, and like were hammered. They were drunk right. all the time and they were yeah. terrible. Oh, man. Um, and so we would, as, as the people who were benefiting from the auction, it was kind of like, well, gosh, there's probably a better way to do that. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward, uh, we have a family business as well and we're in the outdoor hospitality space. And as a part of that, we participated in a lot of auctions, a lot of fundraising for an organization called Care Camps, uh, which was uh, effectively, a, it was a camp program that was for kids that have cancer. So if you had cancer, if you were between 5 and 18, um, you got to go to camp and it was free. And obviously we're in the campground business, so that made a really good juxtaposition. And so the organization that we're a part of would always have an annual fundraiser at the annual conference. So five, 600 people in a room and 
the guy that was the auctioneer from when I was a little kid growing up, this guy by the name of Jim Rose, and he was awesome. He was a four-reel cattle auctioneer out of Dayton, Ohio, right? And he was everything that you thought of, yeah. a little bit of the suspenders, the big hat, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, one year, Jim decides to sell his campground and goes to live the good life down in you know, Boca or whatever in Florida. Right. And everybody's looking around going, I, I don't, what are we going to do? We have this auction that we need to do. We have to raise money for, for, for care camps. What are we going to do? And, and you know, I kind of looked at my dad, and at the time he was in charge of the, of the program, and I said, well, I, I, I bet I can do it. You know, I've been on stage. I, I used to sing. I used to right do on. that whole nine yards. I bet I can do it. And he was in charge, so he looks at me, and he's like, you screw it up this much. <laughs> Yeah. And we're not talking ever again. And so that first auction that no I pressure. did. Yeah, no, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. And it was a friendly crowd, right? Everybody yeah. knew me yeah. and you, all that kind you of good stuff. You were familiar with the program. You've been exactly. there. You've seen it. Could yeah. speak from the heart. Yep. Knew all the people in the audience. And that first auction was, I think it was 320 items. It oh took God. like five hours. Wow. And at the end of it. <laughs> this is all live from the stage. Just live from the stage. And, wow. and we're talking about you know, this group of people who are amazingly kind-hearted and they're amazingly just generous and but they're bringing stuff and it's like all right from from kenosha wisconsin here's a wisconsin bear it's a stuffed animal and like you're just making stuff up on the fly you're selling it for you know 40 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it was and and so that was kind of how i got started and 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 i was just recently married at the time and and my wife was like, oh, that was, that was pretty good. Like, you're pretty good at that. You know, you should you should think about doing it. And as all couples starting out, right, we probably spent a little more than we should. And there was debts to pay off and, you know, things that needed to meet in the middle. And it was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll go try this out, you know, see if we can do it for a, a rotary organization or something like that. Sure. And so I did one and it was like, okay, cool. And then uh, somebody from Children's Hospital, Rady Children's Hospital here in, in San Diego, they saw me and they were like, hey, we'd, we'd love for you to come do our auction. And I was like, great. And they're like, what do you charge? And I went, wait. Wait, you're gonna pay me? You can charge for this. This is is just my voice. No, uh. And this was like my introduction to the world of events and production and all that kind of good stuff. And I was like, well, I I don't, I don't know. It's it's, it's like 150 dollars, okay? And they went, yeah, that's significantly less than we paid the last guy. So yeah, let's do this. So I did one from them and uh, and met some folks from there. And and from then, you know, it's just been kind of that. I'll call it the quantum leap. You know, I'm just kind of forced gumping my way through the whole process. And I meet this person who meets this person who meets that person. And the next thing you know, they're like, well, hey, you know, one event turns into five, turns into 10, turns into 20. And, you know, before COVID happened and the the rug came out from under everybody, you know, there was, I was doing 130 events every year, Yeah, you know, corporate and auctions and all the rest of it. And it was like, oh my gosh, like this is a for real thing now. It's pretty cool. So that's, that's, awesome. that's kind of how I, yeah. that's kind of how I, I got going. Yeah. I love how everybody in this industry, nobody really was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do when you're five years old. Right. Like, right. no, you sort of somehow there's a funny story or an interesting way that you fell into it. And, right. Yeah. 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 But it's, Very but cool. it's cool though. I mean, that's th- this industry, event production and it's, it is, it is, I don't want to say it's show business light because I don't think it's light, right? There's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of programming. But it's the really fun aspects mm-hmm. of you know nuts and bolts, putting a crew together, pulling something off in that m- gorgeous moment of an event. And when somebody walks up and goes, wow, that was awesome. We yeah. want to come back yeah. here and do this again. You just go, yeah, cool. We nailed it. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah it's there's really something fun. to be said there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're the guy in town, right? That was why we want to have you on. Like, I know that. You know, I've seen, I don't know how many auctions in my time, but sometimes you just want to, you know, put your face in your palm and go like, I, come on. Like, I think, you know, you were talking the idea for this podcast. I think a lot of people, especially ones obviously hosting these auctions, they don't realize the impact on 
an auction that the the MC or the auctioneer can't have, right? Good or bad. And I've seen it done bad badly so many times. Yeah. You know, it, I just I want to tell them, but you know, it's not really my space. So, you know, we're doing this to to help educate. But um, I, I wanted to talk, you know, tips, tricks for sure. you know what's good that you've seen, what's bad, you know, for the, these people hosting thing, these things. And of course I want to hear some horror stories, of, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> what's gone really bad. You mean like 365 items in five hours? I mean, even I got tired of myself yeah. at that particular yeah. point in time. I can, I can picture you just getting an item too and just being like, I don't even know what this is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, I think I'm why, why would you do this? <laughs> Somebody yells from the audience, it's just a laser pointer. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, that's what was making the slides oh, advance. Oh, that's right. cool. Um, yeah. I mean, t- you know, I think the, I think the whole thing, it spurs out of, of guest relation and guest experience, right? You're the chief experience officer here at Seas, and, mm-hmm. and that's so critically important because it's not just the day of the event. It's not just the the thing that happens for the guests right there. It's it's all of the planning that goes into it. And from a from an auctioneering standpoint, you know, I, it's, it's very easy to toot my own horn and go, well, of course you need me. You need a little Clint in your life. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, great auctions are events where the auction is the focus of the business end of the event, and that's what raises the money, and that's what brings things in. But it's really a concert effort. It's it's everything from the very beginning of the planning of, of, of how it's going to look and how it's going to feel and what the lighting is going to be like and what the room is going to be like and how we're going to make sure that people are able to be heard. And then what we're trying to deliver through the course of the day, right? What's the message? Making sure that our the guest that arrives understands what the mission of the charitable organization yeah. is. And, and how... How often typically do you get involved early on or is it a lot of stuff they throw at you the same day and you figure it out? You know, it's a little bit of different. I would say 80% of the time, you know, it's two weeks beforehand and it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Here's the script. Here's everything. And here's the, here's the plate. Right. right. And we're set. Um, I, some clients that I've had, you know, that I've been, I've been lucky enough to, to have over the course of many years, they involve me a lot earlier in the process right. of, you know, what's, what's this going to do? We just, just had a conversation with a client of, Hey, we're looking to make a change. We're looking to make something fresh and new. You know, what would you do? What have you seen? And I don't want to say that the, that the auction business is formulaic because it's, it's different, right? I mean, you can have an auction. I mean, what's the basis of an auction, right? It's a, it's a limited marketplace with lots of buyers vying for a very few number of items. That's why auctions work. Right. But that, that group changes every single time. So sometimes you'll have an audience that, you know, you would look at and, and, and pretense would tell you that, you know, the average median income or the average median spend for this particular group is, you know, five, six hundred bucks. Um, and then every now and again, somebody's going to surprise you in that group, yeah. you know, and, and somebody raises their hand and raises fifty thousand right. dollars. And, you know, so that audience, sometimes you have those people. Sometimes you don't. Right. Uh, sometimes you're doing a show at the at the Sheraton in San Diego. Great little location. We're, we're in the back ballroom and guy just walks in completely unbidden, not invited to the event. Here's the story of the person on the stage that was talking a little bit about their experience in foster care and that kind of good stuff. Guy raises his hand and goes, I'll I'll give you $75,000. Wow. Right. So, I mean, there's, you can plan for a lot of things, but that audience is a wild card. And so the more that you can set it up so that it doesn't matter who's in the audience, that experience is positive. That experience is good. You're cultivating that client from the moment they get that invitation in the mail all the way to the moment they're making that purchase. Yep. So so it's really, I don't get involved as early sometimes as I would like to be because yeah. I really like to know what the bits are going to be because 
when we can do that, we can make seamless transitions. We can understand as a, as a crew, listen, I know that this is going to be a challenging lighting move or this is going to be a challenging right. staging move. And so what can we do to cover that, to make it so that the guest sort of rolls in and goes, I, I totally didn't even see him pull the podium off. And I, I didn't see the band go up on stage. Right. And there was never a moment that I saw any of that. We're all having to facilitate all those different moves in those directions. The earlier that we can be on that is, is going to be better. But at the same time, I pride myself on if you give me a script two minutes before I walk on stage, my job is to make it sound like I've been working for your organization for the last 10 years and get everybody to, yeah. to, to donate to it. So um, that's kind of the you know, good auctioneers, good, good people in that space, I think are better when they have lots of preparation, yeah. but, a, but can be really good too, just off the cuff and quick. Mm-hmm. How much do you think that the preparation for the event contributes to your success right or have you just gotten so good at making it up on the fly Nah, i'm listen i'm not i'm not i'm not that good um we're pretty good uh, i i can i can i can move i can move pretty quickly but i think the the preparation in the side of things for me is is i like to find out as much as i possibly can about the stories about the mission about yeah. exactly what it is the group is doing because i want to be able to be on stage and speak from the heart like that first event that i ever did right i need to i need to know intrinsically yeah. and there's a lot of organizations that i believe 100% firmly in i mean it's, they're awesome there's so many great people doing great things out there so that preparation just allows me to communicate that message through every aspect of that sale yeah. but if it's you know well hey to, we're, we've got a trip to to mexico okay like, eh, all right, we can sell Mexico, or we've got this, or we've got that. It's not that preparation. The items, the, the actual selling of the items is not as important as understanding the group, understanding the crowd. The anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and what that crowd believes in, right? I mean, if you've got, um, if you've got a group of people who are um, very, let's say, pro-military, right? Uh, we've, San Diego's military town, lots of great military charities to help support military families and that kind of good thing. That crowd is going to have... You know, you're going to you're going to do things like say thank you to all the veterans that are in the space. They say thank you to active service members. Mm -hmm. Now you take that and you go to a different group that maybe doesn't have that strong military bent. And that's not something that you're going to do. Right. Right. And so you've got to transition between the ladies luncheon where we're raising money for uh, Children's Hospital um, to transitioning to uh, the, you know, celebrity golf classics where it's all about sports and it can be a little more fluid and that kind of good stuff. And so. Understanding the group is all the pre- is the preparation that I love because yeah. if I understand what you're doing, I can then deliver that message better and be a part of it. Have you ever gone up there and said totally the wrong thing and have it not land? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, man. Like <laughs> you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's improv comedy, right? You go yeah. up there and you fire one out and just go, huh, true, okay, yeah. that that didn't work at all. All right, let's change tax and let's go a different direction. Um, you know, sometimes I I try really really hard to always take a very professional stance, right? Sure. Um, I don't curse from stage. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not what you would consider somebody who is a dirty comedian. You know, there are certainly innuendos sure. every now and again of, you know, oh, that's fantastic. You know, why did you ask permission from your husband? You don't need permission. You don't need yeah. this permission. You're a strong person. Um, but, you know, there's those types of things that, you know, we get a little bit silly. We play with guests. But yeah. a lot of that is how the crowd reacts. Yeah. You know, if you're up on stage and you throw one out there, and it's just crickets. Yeah. It's just like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's try a different tact, you know. And you just try different things until you get some reaction from part of the crowd. Yeah. So it's always great when there's somebody that you, you know you kind of know in the audience a little yeah. bit that you've yeah. seen before, and 
they get it and you're, they, they'll give you a smile and it's like that one person you're looking for and you're like, okay, I connected with that person. That's all I need to do. Uh, but it's a, you know, if you, if you throw something out and it completely misses, uh, you've got to be able to take it in stride, change yeah. tack, laugh at yourself a little bit and go, all right, cool. Let's, let's do something. Totally I mean, different. Right. I like, I think most people hate getting on stage. I mean, do you ever feel like nervous before you jump on stage? Or, or have you just done it so much that it's not? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I don't think I ever had that feeling. You never, no, just naturally. No, wow. it's just one of those things that You're like the one percent that, that stage. Right? <laughs> thanks. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the stage has always been it's always been a fun place. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 that uh, that opportunity to go up and, and either tell a story or yeah. get in front of people. I mean, back when I was a kid, right, going way way back. Uh, you know, I was uh, we were we were in the middle of the do not do drugs you know, kind of episode of the of the late 80s and the early 90s, D.A.R.E. and all that kind of good stuff. And there was this program called uh, the Safety Squad. And the Safety Squad was a group of elementary school kids, you know, that would take on personas and go and, and sing and dance in front of other assemblies at schools and, you know, tell you not to do drugs and all that kind sure. of good stuff. Well, I was I was a Safety Squad member. I uh, played the, the venerable role of, of both John and then when I got a little better, I played the role of Greg. Um, you know, so in like fourth and fifth grade, rolling into a completely foreign elementary school and singing about not doing drugs in front of a group of your peers. <laughs> that takes something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I figure yeah. that's probably where I was like, whatever, man, like it's going to happen. So let's just do it. Um, so that's fantastic. I, I look, I look back on that and, you know, everybody goes, oh, do you ever get nervous on stage? <laughs> yeah. and I think the things that I get most nervous about are. I, I need to be sure that the name, the title of the CEO yeah. and the, right. the, you know, how, how have do you, you ever mispronounced? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh how, yeah. How did that go? Uh, it, thankfully it was, it was full of grace. Um, so <laughs> there was a, there's an institution called Philip the Hos, which is a, an Orthodox Greek women's charitable society. Philip the Hos being the Greek root of philanthropy and, and uh, father Skordalakis, right? Everybody has a Greek name. Can you spell that? Uh, Skordal- no, I can't. Yeah. I, I can't spell anything. I can say it. I can't spell it. <laughs> Um, but they give me this list of names of all these contributors, and it's all, it's all Greek wow. names. I mean, I hate yeah. to say it's all Greek it's to all me, Greek. right? Yeah. But yeah. it is, yeah. and you're looking at it, and you're going, that is, that is not enough vowels to make those sounds. <laughs> There's no way that says this. Yeah. So I, there was a couple names that I, that I butchered, um, <laughs> and it was, but it was met with grace because everybody's like, oh, everybody gets that name wrong, you know? But yeah. I think it's really important because they deserve all the credit and the respect. And I think somebody's mm-hmm. name and how they pronounce it yeah. is, is critically important. Um, and sure. so if that means that I have to learn a little bit of accent and a little bit of inflection to say the name natively, how they would say it, they yeah. deserve that amount of respect, especially if we're saying it from stage. 100%. There's a lot of times where we'll be working in exactly that scenario. We're working with a, a CEO or, a, or some sort of leadership that's about to go on stage and we will start working through scripts and timings and things like that. We will ask for the phonetic. How does right. that sound? You know, you got their name, but then you've got the actual pronunciation next to it. Yep. Um, that's just a great tip for anybody watching. That's what we're doing yeah. here, sharing some tips. Yeah. That, so I mean, putting that in there and then having the dialogue beforehand of like getting on a call with yeah. you, being able to talk through, okay, how do I pronounce this? Is there anything special here I need to recognize? Yeah. Yep. And that's just it. I mean, uh, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to do some fun corporate shows, um, you know, where we've been doing uh, name recognition, especially for performance, which is a big thing, right? It's that opportunity to honor those who have performed exceedingly well at a sales conference or whatever it is. And, you know, the first time I did it, you asked about getting nervous. It wasn't necessarily on stage because I was just backstage on the microphone being the voiceover guy, yeah. um, which is tons of fun in my opinion. Uh, but I'm backstage and it's like, well, we're going to need you to read 
these names as they come up. I mean, it's like graduation at a big school, right? Yeah. There's just like, they're going to hand you the name and then you say their name and they walk across the stage and they get their award. But, but for the individuals walking across the stage, that's their, that's yeah. their life's work. Yeah. Like that's a really proud moment for yeah, them, right. for their family. And if you don't get their name right, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. So that was the time I think I, I was like, okay, cool. I can handle that. No big deal. And then I look and we're in a really big ballroom, really big stage and there's a line of like 780 people. And and you're seeing I'm this like, for the first time. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow, that's that's a lot more than I thought. Like, okay. <laughs> right. Like let's oh, do this. Man. And so, you know, and so you don't have that time to sit down and have that conference and say, "Well, tell me how you, how do you say your name?" Right? How do you pronounce it? And then I can try to parrot it back to you. Sure. Um it's just here's a name and it's who okay that one was italian perfect and like oh that one was that one was indian all right cool like we got that one you know and so mm-hmm. so learning the different inflections and that kind of stuff and at some point in time you know at a different event um i actually had somebody standing next to me who was um a, a chinese tutor uh giving me the inflections and and the appropriate way to say chinese names because the inflection is so critically important right. yeah. so that was one of those things and i was like I, that's when I, I i swallowed pretty hard and i got really nervous <laughs> yeah. and then after 780 names or however many people crossed the stage i get you know i i get a a, a, a word through the comms from from the show caller and he's like wow that was impressive, and you totally didn't mess up a single one. That was clients sitting next to me, man, and they're really nice. stoked. And I was just like, oh, I was like yeah, outside, man. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. It's just all kinds of bad things. But yeah. um, you know, but but when we go to when we go to events, I think every little it's those little tiny details of making sure that you connect with the CEO, making sure you connect with the cause, making sure that you connect with the people who are putting it on, becoming a bit more personal with them. Mm-hmm that all translates on the stage. It's the unspoken things that they just I think that that comes out. So when you're, when you're building a great event, that's a critical component. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we get that the day before, sometimes we get that the day of, yep. um, and like any good thing, plans have to change. You have to maintain fluidity. You know, I think yeah. some auctioneers, you know, they're, they are so bent on exactly how they do things, the form that they use, the way that they chant, where they want to do everything. There's sometimes very little room for, just being able to roll with the punches a little bit, change yeah. the flow and, mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, let's, you know, we're going to do this first or we're going to do that next. Or, or there becomes a moment on stage where all of a sudden something really great happens. And, and instead of reacting to it and embracing it and going, wow, that's amazing. You know, we've got this incredible donation that just came in because this person just walked up on the stage and said, Hey, we're going to do this. If you're totally baked in your own process and you're not willing to change you go, okay, cool. Like, like we'll do that in a minute. Yeah. But, but then that right. moment is gone. Right. Yeah. Right. So many of these, of these events are, are all about capitalizing on the emotion and capitalizing on the feel right then right. and there. And that moment can be 10 seconds. It can be 30 seconds and yeah. then it's gone. Yeah. And if you don't take it, you're not going to do it. So maintaining flexibility is always and, a good thing. And also those moments, I mean, not to like to our own horn, but they can be ruined by AV too. You know, like a yeah. light cutting out or a video not playing or the right. wrong Something going up. into the audience where it's too dark oh for us to catch on camera. Yeah. Right? Those conversations yeah. are big conversations big. we try to have. When yeah. we're, do we feel like this yeah. is going to be exactly. somebody that's going to want to walk into the audience and talk to somebody because they've got that story? How do we be right. ready for that? I mean, right. auctions in particular need yep. a tech rehearsal. You know, like they do maybe more than most things. You know, we we can punt a lot of shows. They a lot of them follow the same kind of script. But an sure. auction in particular, yeah. If you're trying to, like you said, capitalize on the moment, you, you got to clue in your production team yeah. so yeah. they know what that is. Well, and and I think I mean, again, you know, we 
a little bit earlier we talked about it's it's all uh, it's all a symphony it's all a concert everybody's yeah. got their role to play and and the better that we can organize as a as a crew you yep. know i mean I, I always i always find that i'm in this like weird space you know because i'm not necessarily part of the crew uh, because i didn't load in and i didn't you know i didn't set up and i i don't i don't know how to run all the gadgets and wizards i mean i know enough to be dangerous but i don't know how to do all of that and i'm not really the client because the clients hired me as well and so i always want to be a I always want to be a part of the crew. Yeah. Like I feel myself gravitating there. I can be that intermediary. That's that I know that we uh, we feel like you are too because you're there kind of batting for us a little bit. That's yeah. where it's like you're, right. you're you know as much as like I've got a big background in show calling. When I've got an MC or, or somebody an auctioneer that I know they're moving this they're moving the the timeline along as opposed to me having to push it along right, yeah. all the time. So yeah, yeah having yeah. that connectivity with your crew is is definitely. But that's where value. you capitalize. That's where you capitalize on those magic moments. You know, mm-hmm. I know so and so is on the lighting board. Yeah, yep. and and instead of going like, okay, man, like at 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 six oh seven. PM, you know, we need to go Bally lights and then we need to go, you know, a nice blue hue and I want spotlight on, on table number 27 because that's where my big bidder is. Yeah. Instead of that, like you're, you're a professional, you know mm-hmm. exactly what you're doing most of the time, most of the time, you know, yep. Yep. We're present company, you guys are phenomenal at it. You capitalize on those great moments. You give a little bit of liberty to the lighting guy to make it fun, to make it encouraging and you just roll with it. Yeah. And that kind of a show goes beautifully. And and that's that's preparation. That's talking to one another, right. but that's just having a general feel of like, okay, what are we doing today? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's we're supposed to be doing like a nightclub theme. All right, nightclub theme. Like, we should be having fun, and you know, we're night at the Roxbury and that kind of good stuff. Or is it? Hey, this is a very staid. It's a black tie. It's very elegant. You know, that's yeah. the kind of flavor. Well, this we need. is one of the things I think that makes you different because there are a lot of auctioneers who I meet for the first time on show day and they go, Hey, you know, when I get up there, just turn the lights off and let me do my thing, you know? And yeah. so we're just kind of like, all right, you know, right. next slide. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's not, it's not as powerful, you know, it's not, yeah, it's I've got not, a, I've got a CEO I've worked with for years that, um, he knows the lighting guy that we'll have on yeah. the show. So when he wants to do one of those moments where we're going to go talk to somebody in the audience, somebody's maybe donating to their foundation or, or something like that, he'll just say, Tommy, give me some light, right? right. Cause, and, and that's the lighting guy and he knows, and it's just way more personal instead of yeah. let's see if we can get some light down here or let's just yeah. walk into the audience. Right. When people hear that and the name and the, the you're, you're, you're continuing that story, right? It's like, oh, we're all invested. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and how many times do you do the, you know, how, how many times have we been in a ballroom and it's like, okay, we've got this moment. We've set it all up. We've told this incredible story. It's this just moment for tear. And then all of a sudden the house lights go on hundred percent full and yeah. it's just like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. That, that didn't feel good. <laughs> got to get that back yeah. down a little bit yeah, yeah you know but that's but, but again i mean that's that's venue too right that's the hotel that's the ballroom that's all of those I, things i had one together. last year where the fire alarm went off right in the oh. middle of the thing because somebody in a service hallway hit something knocked mm-hmm. it knocked the case down in oh bed my and gosh like, the whole room had to evacuate it was brutal oh that's like my worst nightmare yeah for being on the stage because everybody looks at you and like what should we do yeah. and like i don't know i'm an auctioneer <laughs> dude like right get out the get out get out you know and sort of talking going back to you're talking about experiences and the whole package right and i think one of the things that i'm always trying to help convey to clients and with our sales team is that you know it is that the moment of the event being germinated and that sort of idea where we're holding an event how can we start getting the word out there and having, you know, I always talk to clients about reaching all the senses. That's, that's what you hear, what you see, what you feel. Um, and even touch at some points, like when you're, when you're on an event, 
So one thing that we saw a lot of during the pandemic was these sort of no before you go videos because everything was virtual. Right. So we're like building these platforms and we would do these no before you go is with a narrator that would sort of explain how to engage on a virtual on your right. computer. So share a little bit about like the value of having somebody like you. So what we're coming from the pandemic and trying to educate our our, our planners and our, and our clients out there to like, why don't we do a little teaser video? I know the show is not till you know three months right. down the road, but let's do a, a teaser email. We'll use the person that's doing the voiceovers or the MC that we've got in the room to do a welcome. And maybe sure. it's on camera, but maybe it's just voice. Um, share a little bit about the value of having that. I think a lot about you know Michael Buffer who did the let's get ready to rumble right right famous famous um, ringmaster yeah not absolutely sure, um, but he I remember going to an event in Vegas and they actually got him wow. to do all the like the one teaser video where we all got it and then you're like oh man if he's there I'm gonna be so excited <laughs> yeah right and then sure thing we're all sitting there making a bunch of noise a couple thousand of us in a ballroom and then you just hear the voice and you're just like you're like yeah. back here the hairs yeah. on the back of your neck stand up and stuff so share a little bit about that and like what that value of having somebody who can speak the level that you speak and, and the professional the, the value of having a professional MC or narrator right. do a teaser video and then that same person does the stage work and yeah share well that story. I think you know we, we we look at it in a in a microcosm of the night of right and, right. Mm-hmm. and I have always and I, you, you've heard me say this numbers of times I like listen I'll do all of the ladies and gentlemen take your seats I'll do all of the please make your way into the ballrooms I'll do all of that stuff live from there because what I want to train that guest is listen to my voice I'm gonna be your guide all night tonight and when you hear me, you're gonna. There is going to be some sort of a cause of reaction, mm-hmm. and and early on in the night, that voice. Everybody goes. Why are they talking to me? And you know why isn't the drink cold? VOGs <laughs> is one of the voice voice of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. VOGs is one of those things people don't think about it. You know how many yep. times we get handed a script and like, hey, can you can you say right. that? And like, and so the audio guy ends up going, uh, you know, right. yeah. And and the, and and that's that's just punting. That's making it work. But right. but if you train somebody in that voice, so yeah. so you know, Trey, to your point. If we can forecast and foreshadow a little bit and start building excitement, right? That's that transactional funnel. At the end of the day, an auction is a sale. That's what it is. It's a sale to the positive benefit, but it's that transactional funnel. The decision to go on a cruise in Tahiti is not made at 8.30 p.m. when the auction starts. Sometimes it is, and the reaction of those guests is awesome, especially the outfall (laughs) afterwards. Uh, But... That's not made right then and there, right? That's made four weeks in advance of the event to say, yeah. here's an opportunity that I have to give to a charity that I enjoy and get something in return, which is this cruise to Tahiti. But if we can start talking about that in a teaser video and here's what to expect when you get there and here's the cool things that you're going to get be able to do some of the massive amounts of effort that get put in for theming or crowd interaction games or you know crowd participation aspects those are, are so much better benefited yep. because now four weeks before the event, I'm going, okay, I'm going to go to this thing. Uh, it's a Saturday night and it's a black tie and that's really cool. And oh my gosh, I didn't know it was a, it was an 80s theme. Then of course I'm going to dress up in my best 80s garb. But four weeks before the event, I've got time to go to Amazon and buy that fun 80s t-shirt, yep. right? Yep. Two days before the event, I don't have that time. And so here's this big effort that we've put into this theme and we don't have any we don't have anybody participating yeah. because we didn't let them know ahead yeah. of You're time. We didn't give that. them that video. But then I think also those videos, those little preemptories, you know, those are things that can live on 
in infamy. They can be used as messages. There's a, there's a really great organization that has decentralized sort of their events, right? So they've gone from doing a big event, you know, one ballroom, one time, one hit, one go, and they've decentralized. And they've started doing these smaller events in multiple locations throughout the course of the year. And what they're doing is they're engaging all of those individuals personally, but what we've produced for them is video work that has that broadcast message, right? Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, I was lucky enough to be a part of that organization before this happened, and I've been able to get on and say, this is why we should do it, this is what we need, here it is. So that I'm the voice that's asking, I'm the voice and the face that's asking for the donation, right? Their CEO is not having to do it, their CEO is spending his time engaging with the guests in a personal matter, making those personal relationships that happen. Yeah, yeah. The individual who is the beneficiary of the charity or the, the, the group that is the beneficiary, they're not out there going, please give us money. Right. Because it's not comfortable for them. It's very hard to say, yeah. give me money for something that I believe in. But it's, it's easier to go, here's all the things and here's the story and here's the stuff. And oh, we've got this video we're gonna play on TV real quick. And it's me going, hey everybody, Clint Bell here, you know, the auctioneer from many past events. It's so exciting to have all of you together. Really wanna talk to you a little bit about the great work that we're gonna be able to do with the goal of reaching X amount of dollars. So right now is the opportunity. Bring out your application, bring out your phone, press that button and or deliver that piece of paper right over here to the volunteer and they're gonna be making sure you're getting all taken care of. Hey everyone, it's great to see you. Have a great night. Thank you so very, very much, mm -hmm. right? And it's done and it's out. And that can be played on a 60-inch TV in somebody's home yep. as opposed to you know LED walls and that kind of good stuff. So yeah. the transactional funnel starts with, I've been invited to this event, why am I excited about the event? And the more times that we can make those message points. Stoke the fire. Stoke it, yeah, yep. just add that fuel. And then the night of, like you said, that excitement is built. Let's mm -hmm. see what happens and let's see what can go down. And, and oftentimes, especially in the fundraising world, that can precede donations because now I can take that video and I can go, oh, my buddy Zach is really into, you know, saving bald chihuahuas. And so I mean, it, bald I, mean, chihuahuas. I knew that was like a really it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah it's got, yeah. it got scary there for I don't a while. Know how you guess that but. somebody, somebody please think of the bald chihuahuas. But now I can send that to him as that video and go, hey, man, here's something I'm going to. True enough. Take, yeah. take a look at it. And it doesn't matter if he's in town. Yep. It does. It, he can go, oh, that's really cool. I, I can find out more information. I'm really passionate about mm -hmm. that. Hey, I can't get a ticket, but uh, but I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send a donation in because I've, there's yep. a QR code that enables me to do so. So we decentralize that one moment in time and we, we make it expandable. Yeah. Uh, and, that's, and that's just the transactional function, right? I mean, yeah. that, that sale doesn't start the day of. It starts way before that. Do you ever, um, do you ever feel like there's all these different ways to bid now. Do you ever feel like the tech of bidding gets in the way of the effort? Good question. Yeah, that's, you know, I think there's been some amazing opportunities in that world. Um, there's been tons of platforms that have been been set up. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly something in a commercial environment that's been around forever, right? You could sit in a ballroom in Denver and buy cattle in Wyoming. Right, yeah. And you can do it electronically. You can bid on government surplus on auction websites all over the place. So it's not a new factor. I think sometimes it steals the moment a yeah. little bit um, because uh, depending on what your philosophies and your visions are for, <laughs> you know, group mediated communication and all that kind of good stuff. I, I sort of sit on the fence in between. I think during the, during the reception aspect of it, you know, to be able to do something on an iPad or to be some, do being doing something that gives you an automatic reminder if you've been outbid, right. I think that's phenomenal because I can get involved in a great conversation or say hello to friends or do some networking 
and I sort of forget that I'm bidding on something. Mm-hmm. But if my phone dings, you know, or my watch throws up a little thing yeah. and says, hey, you've been outbid, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I want to go and bid on there, that. There's yeah. definitely some cool stuff, but like some of the stuff I'm like, eh, I don't know if this is a good idea. It's like, hey, make sure you scan the QR code, QR code to bid or text right. this number. And it's like, what if your audience is 70, 80, and, and they don't even have, you know, and, and let's, we're, we're going there to no. be entertained. Right. And that is a big part of what you right. do. It's right. yeah, you're 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 delivering on the mission of of raising money. But we're having fun. Whatever that is. But yeah. you're there to have fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. And that and so that technology I think is great. I think when you get into a group of people, you know, the worst not the worst thing. One of the most challenging things about that technology is to go, okay, we've had this moment, we're ready to ask and we're ready to do that, raise the paddle. And that's like now pull out your phone. Yeah, everybody and, and donate, phone. right? And yeah. and that's not that's not that sense of camaraderie of coming together as a community to do something great for an organization. That's yeah. like, oh look, it's you know it's it's Tuesday night dinner at Clint's house and everybody's just on the yeah, phone. Exactly. You know that's that that ruins that kills that moment. I think the other thing technology can't yet do is keep up with a live auction, right? I can't yeah. I can't get a bit because we're moving quick. We've yeah. got a fifteen second transition between item to item, and that's more time that you don't have to go out to the guest and go, hey, could you put this in? And like you said, bitter education, right? I mean, the, the, the 20 and 30-year-olds who have embraced technology, who have known technology from the day they were born, they're not necessarily the ones writing the big checks. No, they're not. Yep. The 70s, the, the, the 70-year-olds, the 80-year-olds, that generation beforehand that has embraced technology, but not necessarily all the way, mm-hmm. you know? But, but on the other side, logistically, at an event, if I can capture your credit card, and when you win all your silent auction items, you go check out now. I, I'm not. I'm not having to go back through a spreadsheet yeah. and go and go. Yep. Oh, hold on one second. You know. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You did win the surfboard, yeah. but you didn't win this. And here's all these sheets. And here's all your numbers. And here's all your names. So, I think there's a. I think there's a good blend. Yeah. Um, you know. I think. And I think there's some great companies out there that are doing it very, very well. Um, so it's just something to think about. It's. You know? It's something to have in your back yeah. pocket. But there is an expense. Yeah. Right. You know. And and so you know tips and tricks for event planners and that kind of good stuff. At the end of the day, it comes down to budget. And so it's really cool to have all the whiz-bang technology that you want, yeah. but that comes at a price. It comes at a price of the software where you're going to buy in or you're going to subscribe to it. Yep. It comes at the price of increased Wi-Fi spend in a hotel or a volume, yep. uh, you know, in a venue yeah. where you, know, you plan for 50 connections. That's what, your, that's what your package came with. But now you've got 500 people that are hammering the Wi-Fi because the cellular reception is terrible. Yeah. Yep. And so that's an additional expense. Right. And that's that experience. That all goes to that experience. Yeah. Wi-Fi wasn't very good. I couldn't get on. And if I can't get on, I can't bid. You know, it's And then what have you got? You've got somebody that's willing to give you money, mm-hmm. but, but you've can't. not given them the message. You've yeah. not given yep. the ability. Um, yeah. The, the Prebis Center, um, the, yeah. the Prebis uh, Concert Hall there in La Jolla. It's absolutely the Conrad. Yep. I think it's called the Conrad. Yep. Absolutely gorgeous environment. But because of the way it's built, Inside of that, inside of that theater, good luck no. getting a signal yeah. or anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we did this event, and it was going to be awesome. It was kind of a preview, and and that that venue is gorgeous. It's just stunning. Everybody's in there. It's in a theater-like setting. I'm up on stage. I can see everybody eye to eye. It's beautiful. It's intimate. It's wonderful. It's a great cause. All right, everybody, take out your phone and start to bid. There's no signal. Oh, There's man. no Wi-Fi, yeah. and everybody's looking at me going. Just doesn't work, and no right. one thought to check that beforehand. No one thought to check it beforehand, <laughs> and if they, and, or it wasn't in the budget to deploy a Wi-Fi repeater system inside of inside of the room. Right? Yeah. Is it is it accomplishable? Yeah, it's accomplishable, yeah. but it's not in the budget. But that comes down to that experience. So now yeah. I've said, please buy these cool things, give us great money, but I've not given you the necessary tool set yeah. as a guest, Middle. and so now I'm just frustrated. Yeah, 
So, I mean, um, do you have any, you know, besides what we've talked about, any like specific like top things to do or don't do that you feel like have a major impact on the amount being fundraised? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, do not ever be afraid of doing a raise the paddle. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're trying to raise a million dollars or if you're trying to raise $10. Doing a raise the paddle at some point in time helps to gain dollars for your event. Uh, there are lots of folks, ah, we don't want to ask people for money. That's not what we do. I understand that's not what you do. If that's not what you do, why are we throwing this event? Right. right. You know, I, I, that's fundraising is what we're going to be. And, and if it's just for corporate stuff and it's just like, hey, it's, a, it's an afterthought, that's one thing. Yeah. But don't be afraid of a raise the paddle because they really are a valuable aspect of any, of any auction show, any, any fundraising event. Okay. Um, I think the number of items is a time value equation. Right. Um, some auctioneers are going to be a little different, um, you know, but we know that we can capture an audience's attention for 35 to 45 minutes on mm -hmm. stage. Um, and that's from the messaging, the sales, the raise the paddle and all of that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the number of items that you put up to bid is a direct proportional to the amount of time that you have to spend. I love to sell stuff from stage. I love to talk fast. I love to auction. You want to give me 100 items? Sweet. We'll do this all night long. Right. But but that may not entertain your audience and that may not be the time that you have set aside. So when you're writing your script, when you're when you're talking about the evening in the flow, make sure that you're setting aside the appropriate amount of time, but not too much. 45 minutes is is probably a good bellwether to say 45 minutes. We might be a little faster. We might go a couple minutes longer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if the crowd's really into it, yeah, we, we, we keep going. Yeah, be flexible, like you said, right? Be flexible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and so then that comes down to, okay, what's our time management look like? Well, we know that we've got f six live auction items. Well, I typically average anywhere between three and five minutes per item, depending on the description or the sale. That can be influenced by, do we have video roll for the item, you know, to sell it through video? Do we have celebrity introduction? Mm -hmm. uh, do we have somebody in the audience that wants to come up and talk about this, right? It's my house in Mammoth, and I want to tell you about it. All of those things have to be factored into that time scale, and that's a critical component because we talked about seizing the moment. We talked about creating that moment. We lead all the way up to that. If we let it go too long, we're going to lose people. And yeah. when we, what, what happens when we lose people because they become disengaged is they start talking to their friend. And that table of 10 is now trying to out-talk the table next to him, which yeah. is a table of 10. And you do that times 50. Yeah. And right. now you've got this uproar in the room and everybody's doing the clink, 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 clink. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and tell everybody, yeah. listen, you're not here to be shushed and be quiet. You're here to have fun. You're here to enjoy yourself. But that is usually a resultant action of we didn't hold their attention right. long enough. Um, so item selection, you know, as far as the, the time value, you know, six to seven items is probably the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. We can certainly do 10. Um, we could do seven and a couple of warmups. Uh, if you've got a couple of things that double down, that kind of good stuff uh, is a great thing. Mm -hmm. um, but then also everybody is always after that great white whale, right? They're always after that, like, oh man, we got the private jet to Napa and the limousine transportation, these really big, fabulous, fascinating packages. Mm -hmm. And they've got these intrinsic values of mm -hmm. you know thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. Everybody's out after that, yeah. which is great. But if you take a crowd of 500 people, 10% of that crowd is your bidding audience. They're the ones who are gonna be able to afford and or participate in a live auction. Everybody else is watching for the entertainment factor, sure. right? But that 10% is probably gonna buy 90% of your items. Right. Of that 10%, there's probably only two or three of them that can afford $75,000 to go on an African safari. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if we alienate everybody else, they stop paying attention. 
So when, when you look at, you know, there's, there was, uh, I don't know if there's any science to it, right? But the, you look at a bell curve and you go, okay, well, I'm going to stack my items in a bell curve. I'm going to start with a low value item. I'm going to sort of build to the high value item. And then I'm going to kind of drop off and I'm going to do a low value item. And so it's very been very traditional in that set, right? Where there's this one peak performance. I, I don't like that. It's not that I won't do it, mm-hmm. uh, but... I like the sine wave theory, right? I'm going to start with a low value item because I engage everybody. I engage 90% of the audience because everybody can afford a $100 first out of valet, right? right. And then I'm going to build my value up a little bit. We're going to peak out at maybe the the second highest value because then everybody is involved and engaged and they go, oh my gosh, let's see what this goes for. But then instead of just continuing to build value and getting more and more expensive and alienating more and more people, we drop that value back down and we pick up something that everybody can get involved. You you pick them back up. Oh my gosh, that guy spent 10 grand on that. Oh, that was so much fun, man. That was exciting. Oh, wow, there's an item that's coming in for $500. Yeah, man, I'm in. I want to get it. Right? So, so, fun. So, yes. So, so, so staggering those items so that you have that good plan, it maintains people's attention. It doesn't feel like 45 minutes when it's all done. And, and you engage a majority of the crowd, which helps to keep the crowd volume lower. It helps to keep the distractions lower. And it helps to be a more concise point on that fundraising opportunity. So, you know, I think item selection, time value is, is really critical, is mm-hmm. one of those things to plan for. Uh, and then how it fits overall in the script. Um, you know, there are lots of organizations that are like, hey, man, we're going to, as soon as people get down, salad's not even on the table yet. We're going to hit them with an auction. That seems kind of early. Like, we should maybe let them. Yeah. You know, let them let them marinate a little bit. It's yeah. it's okay. Let's have some salad. Let's talk to the guests that are at the table. You know, I think the best timing for that, if you're going to do a dinner event, it's right after dinner. Eighty percent of dinners are done and getting cleared right before you get dessert. Right. What about alcohol? Does alcohol help or hurt well, you? I mean, that's yeah. You're you're <laughs> speaking well, from personal a, experience. That's a social statement, Zach. I'm not willing to make. Um, you know, I think the crowd. I think the crowd is is going to be. I bring it up because sure, so. alcohol is an expense if you're putting on the event, and it can be significant. Alcohol, but alcohol is an expense. I think alcohol is. I, I call it bid lubrication, right? Uh, because sure. because I, you know, you might not purchase that piece of art completely sober, right? But, yeah, that's what know, I mean. But if you've been out, if you've had a couple at the bar, you go. I kind of like that. My <laughs> inhibition has gone a little bit. I mean, I have on on my wall. Uh, I have. Uh, it's clearly a, a priceless uh, wall sconce that says "Live, Laugh, Love." And every time I look at that, I know that I was on a wine tasting tour in Temecula, and that was the last winery that we went to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't need it, yeah. but I was like, "Oh, that'd be such a great decoration." It still lives yeah. in the bar, you know, mainly mainly as a reminder. Uh, but you know, I think alcohol is one of those things that you know, if, if the event um, is okay with it, um, then then it's good. Uh, you know, if if your group is is a more temperate group and is not interested in in you know kind of the whining and all that kind of good stuff, then then don't do it. I wouldn't say expect less. I would just say it transfers the burden onto we've got to make a better, more clear, to the point message yeah. to get everybody on board. Um, and then yeah, maybe not try to sell things like. The cork art of Darth Vader, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't really need it, man. Like you just don't. So talking about you know the African safaris, the the wine country yeah. trips and things. What's the what's the craziest, most unique thing that you've had to auction and yeah. how did that go? There's you know that I, I there's probably the most unique thing was at a celebrity golf tournament and uh, unbidden. Uh, this was you know roll with the punches kind of thing. Guy gets up on stage. He goes, I got something for you. I got something to sell. Give me the microphone. 
I very rarely yield my microphone to sure. anybody. But at this particular point in time, Making I was me like, sweat already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Like, yeah, no problem. And so I give him a microphone and he, he starts off. He goes, All right. As we all know, Super Bowl's coming in. Super Bowl's going to be in San Francisco. So here's what we're going to do. Three days before the Super Bowl, you're going to fly to San Francisco. I'll take care of the hotel. I'll take care of your transportation. I'll take care of your flight. You're going to come hang out with me. We're going to go to poker tournaments. We're going to go to golf tournaments. We're going to go to dinners. We're going to go to lunches. We're going to do all of that. Day of the game, you're going to be on the field. You're going to be talking to the players. You're going to be on the grass. VIP passes. You are going to be my special guest. Then after the game, we'll go to all the after parties and that kind of good stuff. So five-day experience in San Francisco for Super Bowl. And this guy wasn't full For shit. two people. It was Jerry Rice. Holy oh, shit. Man. So if there's a guy that could pull it off, right? Wow. Yeah. Yep. It's Jerry Rice. Sure. Now, Jerry drops the mic, which I intercepted before it hit the ground. Thank you very <laughs> yeah, much. Thank, thank you. you very much. That, yeah. that makes my heart hurt every I just, time I, I just, hear the mic I, drop. Oh. And, and I, I bragged. I was like, I intercepted Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, awesome. But, so I catch the microphone. It's like, all right, everybody, there it is. Wow. Right? We sell it for... I don't know, $50,000 or something along those lines. And, and then he looks and he goes, I got room for two more. You know, so we sell it again. Wow. For okay, so that's... It's the double. That's yeah. one of those things. It's I've seen double. guys screw this up where right. you get into a bidding war and at the end, they don't go, hey, can we do that again? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they lose right. a $100,000 bid. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, some of that is pre-planted, right? Sometimes you know, right? The yeah. donor goes, hey, we've got two of these. We can do two. Yeah. Uh, and you go, okay, cool. Right on. You go two. Um, and sometimes it's completely unknown. You know, right. Would you do a second one? And sometimes if the bid gets high enough, the, whoever donated that is like, oh, yeah, like I get a chance to be rad. Like, yeah. I know. Now I get Let's to be listed as a, yeah. as a gold platinum donor as opposed yeah. to whatever. Um, so missing out on that opportunity is a bad thing. There is a, another side to that blade, which is, if you have those opportunities stacked in an auction where you can double each one or you can always do it and you consistently do it, mm-hmm. the artificial reduction of value is going to happen right. on the front end because they right. know we've done this before. He's yep. going to offer it twice. Ha ha. We're all in on the gag. And I know that we're going to offer it twice. So guess what? I'm going to bid, but I'm not going to bid to my limit. I'm right. going to bid to here and then I'm going to wait. I'm going to sit on my hands. And I'm going to see. Hmm. So if you do Never it too many times, that. you yeah. can get burnt. Uh, but if it's done in the moment, it's a great way to to double those dollars down. So that one was probably one of the most unique because it was like, who has that kind of access, right? Yep. It's Jerry it's, wow. yeah. Rice. Um, but I think one of the one of the most memorable ones, to be honest with you, was um, a it was an American flag flown during uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, it was presented by a gentleman who was on the Seaman to Admiral program. So he started out enlisted in the Navy, was a two time Purple Heart winner, the first since Vietnam, and he. He was becoming, he was on his way to basically becoming an admiral. Um, so he was, you know, sort of middle of his career. He was up on stage in his dress whites. And he was like, listen, I, I, I flew this in the airplane that I was flying in um, during, a, during a sortie, during a mission. Um, so I brought it to you to, to do, right? And it sells for $65,000. Wow. And, and, the, and the guy that bought it turns around and goes, you know, I want you to have your flag back. Wow. I'll still donate the dollars. Yep. And then somebody else piped in and was like, I'll give you another 65. Wow. Right. So the cause was great. Pulling but, out those heartstrings. But, yeah. the, but the, the presentation, right? So yep. what was it? It was an American flag in a triangle, which is wonderful. It had a story behind it. Mm-hmm. So that item was most memorable. It wasn't terribly unique, yeah. but it was extraordinarily memorable yeah. because of who presented it. So that is one of those other things. You know, just because the value of an item is intrinsically low, 
doesn't mean that the story that it carries or the way that it's presented or the impact that it might have should be diminished. Right. Um, so don't go chasing the white whale all the time. Look inside of the organization. Look for art that's done by the client or look for something that is an experience that you know it really involves the individual in the organization and in the charity. And I think you'll find that the bids get higher for those types of things mm-hmm. as opposed to... Um, you know, it's a, a set of earrings or it's right. a, you know, it's a dinner at somewhere or something along yeah. those lines. I think those personal touches when you're doing item selection yeah. is, is, is really critical. So, I mean, there's really cool stuff out there, right? Private airplanes and yeah. you can do all this cool stuff. Um, but when you start to get into some of those values, you start to go, well, who's in the audience? You know, right. and I remember we were doing an event at, uh, at, the, at the zoo. Uh, it's the San Diego Zoo, the Rendezvous in the Zoo event. And they're like, oh my gosh, we've got all these tables. They're right here in the front. And there's some, there's some really big hitters. Yeah. I mean, there's some really big, you know, very charitable, very philanthropic individuals in the community that are sitting right up in the front there. And it was an African safari. None of them bid on it. The guy that won it was seated at the, like the far back table who was a friend of a friend and he, and he bought it, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he bought it for a good value, 70 grand or something like that. But it's not the guy you expected. It's right. not the people that you expected. Right. Because if those individuals who have their names on buildings all over town, if they want to go on a safari, they probably they've already, already done They're it. probably yeah. going to yeah. go. Yeah. Right. It's that's not that's but but if you give them the opportunity to spend time with uh, you know somebody who's being impacted by the charity in which they're they're giving to, that's going to be more meaningful to them yeah. than a material item. So again, when you talk about item selection, don't ever rule out the sentimentality of some of those things. Yeah. It's really important. We need to do an auction where kids get to get to bid. Oh, I love kids. Like bring your kids and it's like, this is your limit. (laughs) Go after whatever you want. I love it. I love it when kids bid. Oh my gosh. I definitely would not trust my kids. (laughs) You know what? I'd end up with a bunch of Robux. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But (laughs) but it's fun. Right. I mean and and what's really cool and and you know, you, you get into some of these environments, you know, as big star studs or, you know, galas or whatever it is, and next thing you know, you see a kid rolling in in a tux, right? And yeah. he's ten. <laughs> and and that whole table is like, oh no, no, let, let 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 little Jimmy bid for me, and he's like raising his paddle, and he is fired up and stoked because <laughs> yeah. he's like, who's gonna go against the kid? Exactly, right? yeah. that's right? the secret right. weapon. Yeah. Next time I go to an auction, right. bring the kids, right? Yeah, because as long as it's not my kids, <laughs> because typically from stage, I mean, I'll point it out and I'll say, excuse me, ma'am, but you're losing to a 13 year old, right? Like you've got to yes. go a little yeah. harder, you know. And it's oh, like, oh, man. and then it's a point, <laughs> then it's a point of pride, you know. And and, uh, and the next thing you know, when the bids get a little bit higher. If if the kids like twelve thirteen they they got some semblance of of, yeah. of value with, with yeah. a value of a dollar they're like their eyes are just like this they're like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm raising my paddle at like yeah. five thousand dollars you awesome. know and meanwhile somebody's like yeah yeah, yeah just do it just do it just yeah. do it you know because yeah. it's super fun um, and then sometimes when they're young enough and they have no idea what five thousand dollars <laughs> means they're like yeah cool let's do this let's, yeah. let's make this happen yeah. so it's I love. I love having kids in the audience that such are a different participatory. Yeah. yeah, it's such a different dynamic. I mean, we had, we had a, uh, and, I, and I, you know, there's a lot of people that have varying opinions on it, right? Uh, uh, puppies. It's always like, oh, we got a puppy. You know, we got this really cool puppy, and it's a, it's a rescue puppy, or it's a, this puppy, or whatever. The bald chihuahua. The bald chihuahua. I mean, uh, who says no to a bald chihuahua? Nobody does. But 
the girl that was on, the girl that was the volunteer, she was a young lady, she was tasked with sort of being the dog's minder and making sure it got out to go to the bathroom and all this kind of good stuff and kind of walk around the, the, the preamble, the cocktail reception. And then she gets on stage and she's holding this dog and clearly she has fallen in love with this dog because she's been taking care <laughs> yeah, of it, right? Of course. And she's up there and I mean, like just the look in her face, knowing that it might go to somebody else, it was, yeah. it was enough to break your heart. And... And so we're having this interaction on stage and we're bidding and there's these, you know, three or four people, they're bidding, they're bidding, they're bidding, they're bidding, they're doing well. And out of the corner of her eye, she looks and she stares and she looks at me and she goes, that's my mom. <laughs> I was like, which one? She goes, my mom's bidding on the dog. And I was like, right. oh, 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 this is going to get crazy. And it was like, you know, I understand that, you know, her mom is bidding on the dog and everybody's like, oh. Yeah. So having kids in a group is awesome because I, I don't think another dog is sold quite that expensively <laughs> right. ever. Right. Uh, you know, but how do you put a price on a child's love? love. I do all the it's time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, and we just keep making it higher and higher. So yeah, no, having having kids it's in the great. group is is a, is a blast. There's there's so many there's so many fun people that are out there. I mean, my favorite bidder in the world, right, is is the not the bidder that wins. That's not the person that you owe your allegiance to. You owe your allegiance to the bidder right before that right. person. Yep. Because he's the one that drove, he or she is the one that drove that cost up mm -hmm. and then went, all right, and then just backed out. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, it's so good. <laughs> and, and you can watch, you, you know, in a room of 900 people, you can reach out and you can look. And, and I, I do my best to try to make eye contact with people yeah. and, and really zone in a little bit sometimes. And, and sometimes to the detriment, right? Sometimes there's something that wings out over here on the right and we, we have to have a spotter, you know, go, oh, you got somebody over here. But when you look at that person and you can tell in their eyes, they, they have no intention whatsoever of buying that. Right. Item. <laughs> their whole game is just to push it as high as possible and then go, <laughs> and then leave. It's and really the great. other guy's got to have the uncomfortable drive home with their spouse, right? Right, yeah. yeah. I thought the other guy was going to yeah. go for it. I was just trying to mark it up. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I, did, did you really need an electric bike? No, we've got five of them. Like, but that guy was bidding on it, so I had to go. That was just, it was for a good cause, it's, I swear. It, and, and at the end of the day, right, that's where everything needs to yeah. be remembered, right? It, it is not... It is not the value of the item that you purchase. It is not the value of the bicycle or the trip or whatever it is. It is the fact that you're you're doing something for a worthy cause, and yeah. and you yeah. need to believe in that cause, right? Which ties back to message programming, and it ties back to that early get people on board, so that by the time they hear the message the fifteenth time, it's now set in and it's marinated. You've you know the communication right will tell you that you have somebody has to have a message said to them at least three times before it starts mm -hmm, to make any right. impact. Sixteen is the more accurate number of if I see something, if I'm impressioned sixteen times, I'm now going to remember it, yeah. and that's yeah. our goal. We need to make them remember it. So that early all opportunity, about the experience. that transactional funnel, all about, and when they leave, they go, man, that was super fun. Can't wait to go back. I can't wait to come back again yep. next year. Yep. And I'm bringing a friend. That's a successful event. That's an event that we that everybody should take pride in and go, yep. hey, man, the lights came on in the middle or the fire alarm came on in the middle or, or the video queue, we, we missed that. But, it, but if people are stoked with the event, they're going to forget the little nuances yeah. of what we see on the, on yeah. the production side of, oh, my God, get, get the lights up. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are we have silence? <laughs> we should have bed music. What, yeah. what are we doing? We see it, yeah. but the audience does it because if they're left with a feeling of happy euphoria – and they're mm -hmm. left feeling like, man, that was awesome. Yep. We've, yeah. we, you did it. You did, we did all the jobs properly. Yeah. So. Well, I feel like we're leaving with happy euphoria here. This was a good, good conversation. I feel conversation. like we could talk about this all yeah. day. But oh, we certainly we might have to have Clint back. Oh, Anytime, absolutely. man. See I love, this, I love this stuff. See how this podcast goes out. Yeah. I love this stuff. It's, uh, it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of really great things. 
in this space. I mean, San Diego alone has over 900 registered charities of varying sizes, and and they're all doing something, and they are all passionate about something. And you know, the more knowledge that we can put out there, you know, yeah. there's there's that theory of oh, you're giving away a trade secret. Like if right. you tell somebody yeah. how to do it, then anybody can do it. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but if it moves the needle a little bit, yeah, that's yeah. okay. And there's that's, space for all of us. Like that's so hell, let's help each other all be absolutely. better. Yeah. Absolutely, we're all better for it. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Clint, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Oof, man. Uh, well, baldchihuahuas.com. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, Clint Bell Unlimited. It's the new website. Uh, I've got a pretty genius marketing strategy. I use my name and then some outlandish moniker. You know. Right. So right now it's, uh, it's clintbellunlimited.com. Uh, I'm on you know all the social media channels, although I don't spend a lot of time out there. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Clint Bell SD, uh, C-Bell Voice. Um, you know, awesome. uh, there's... Lots of good stuff out there, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if there's a, if there's if there's anybody that needs any help, um, whether I do your auction or not, um, you know, for advice or whatever that is, just just pick up the phone and holler. I'd much rather see an event go well, and the the, the people that spend their time, their energy, and all of their passion putting something on, you know, not on the production side certainly, but also just on the charitable side, right? Yep. Somebody whose job it is to to do this, they worry about it, they stress about it all year. Uh, you know, that, that deserves to be rewarded. They're doing a good thing and they're not usually getting paid very well for it. Um, so whatever we can do to make sure that they're successful and, and make, and, and give them a little bit easier lift. uh, I think that's, I think that's what we're here for. So just reach out anytime. Right on. Zach, thank you. Yeah. Clint, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Great podcast. Again, uh, this is Seize Backstage, your all-access pass to everything you need to know about design to design, produce, and inspire your next event. Seize Backstage is released on the first and third Thursday of every month, so set those reminders so you too can hashtag seize your moment. Nice. Thank you very much, gentlemen.